Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You all have an attitude toward New Year's resolutions. Maybe you don't make them anymore and you think they're a waste of time. Maybe you make them knowing full well that you'll probably not follow through after about three weeks. Or maybe you're determined to go ahead and try to be nicer to people. Why? And, or maybe lose weight. Or get a better job. Or get healthier. Or... And maybe you'll keep those resolutions. Or maybe not. But there's one thing that we are called to do today. And that's to recommit ourselves to being about our Father's business. You look at Samuel. There he was. Doing what God wanted him to do. And it's a little later on in his life where he's still a young boy. God comes to him and says, you tell Eli this message I have for him. And Samuel says, speak, Lord. I'm listening. And Jesus here is listening not only to his father God, but also to his parents. Because he wanted to be, he wanted to be about his father's business. Which for us is to do God's will. To love him, worship him, trust him, honor him. And it will show in our actions. Now, first point. Why would we want to be about the Father's business? We got enough things going on in our lives. We don't need to add anything more. We certainly don't need to change the way we're running our lives. Why would we even pay attention to what God wants us to do? Because you look at that second reading today, there in Colossians, and you go, ay, ay, ay. Because there's some stuff in there that we just don't want to do as completely as we suspect God calls us to do. Work on some relationships that need help. Work on our priorities where we maybe hear God calling us to change our attitudes. Huh. So first of all, why would we even want to consider being about our Father's business? Theological circles is called gospel motivation. Motivated by our love for Jesus. Motivated by our thankfulness, our gratitude for what he has done and does for us. We just celebrated Christmas. And at the heart of Christmas is the realization that God keeps his promises. That he has provided as a savior for us. That he's provided an eternal future for us. He's made our life different. He's made our future completely different. And for that, we are grateful. Grateful enough to say, Lord, I want to be about your business. I want to do what you are calling me to do day by day. I want to be your person. Motivated by love and gratitude. Not got to, but get to. As we follow through in obeying Jesus Christ. 
A million years ago, in a different, I probably shouldn't say a million, yeah, it was about a million years ago when I was younger, uh, previous century, I uh, used a, a reading series, and some of you may remember Think and Do. The rest of you are going, huh? Yeah. Dick and Jane and their dog and their cat and their parents, there are all these little stories about them. You read the story, which I loved, and then you, would, you had a workbook and you needed to answer questions and you had vocabulary words, all of which I could do without. But think about, think about that little phrase, think and do, in terms of our walk with the Lord. First of all, we are called to think. In a prayer we're going to use at the end of the service, it's printed out there for us, it says, we read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest God's word. Think about that. Inwardly digest. we got to spend some time with God's word. In all the noisiness and all the busyness in our lives, we need to take time to focus on God's word. What's he saying to me in that passage in that parable, in that story, in that psalm. What's he saying to me? And somewhere, somewhere along the line, you may run across a passage that you know you've read before, but God is using it to help you see something a little new, a little different. I've read the Bible. I've read all the way through. I really have. Because I had to in the seminary. And I just read Song of Solomon the other day, and I don't know why it's in the Bible. But anyway, that's, that's... But every time I go back through the Bible, I will find a passage or more. I'm going, huh? That's in the Bible? I know I've read it, but it never stood out for me before. But at this point in my life, the Holy Spirit is saying, this is something you need to pay attention to. This is important for where you are in your life right now. Read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest God's Word as He speaks to us, as He tries to influence us and shape us. As He reminds us of His love and reminds us that he wants us to walk with him. Sometimes the places we don't want to go. But that's all part of it. Because he says, love your neighbor. I got this little thing in the mail the other day. It's a solicitation for some money for the Friends Quakers Committee on National Legislation. And it says, love thy neighbor. Okay, fine. Then in parentheses, no exceptions. Um, I don't know about that. There's some people I don't want to deal with. But they're right. Jesus said in the story of the Good Samaritan, who's your neighbor? The person in need. May not be somebody you like, may be much different. Homeless, illegal aliens or immigrants or whatever, okay. People who behave differently than we do. Different language, different culture. I'd rather not deal with you because it really makes me uncomfortable. And God says, love your neighbor. 
without exception. You ever get the impression that our world, our world right here, is full of people who are hurting, who are broken, who feel hopeless, very vulnerable? Not all of us, because we got it all together, right? We're feeling good, and we got clean clothes on, and we got a comfortable place to live, and we got cars that run, and we got jobs, or maybe we're retired and we're just floating. So we don't have any problems, right? Yeah, right. But there are a lot of people, not that far away from this building, or hurting. We are called to do what we can. We are called to do what we can to help. And we need to be able to listen. Listen as God calls us to connect with them. To provide what we can to meet their needs. There's no way in the world I can meet all the, all the needs of my cross-the-street neighbor. For one thing, he's an alcoholic, and I can't get through to him. But that's not the good way to go. Because I don't think he really cares whether he lives or dies. And then he's got a four-year-old grandson who's got brain cancer. And he's got a two-year-old granddaughter who's in the hospital with pneumonia. And he's got a nephew who was in a car accident, paralyzed from the neck down. And the list goes on. I can't. Fix all that. But he comes over and knocks on the door and says, I want you to pray. Because he knows I'm a preacher, at least a retired preacher. So he knows that my prayers are going to be heard by God a little more quickly and a little more carefully, right? <laughs> Even if I am retired. <laughs> yeah, right. So he comes over and says, will you pray for... So I'm doing what I can. Yeah. And I'm willing to listen to them and spend time with them. So, think and then do. Do what God calls us to do. Putting all that in action. Compassion and forgiveness and patience with the people even here, you realize that not everybody at Good Shepherd Lutheran gets along really well with everybody else? You realize that? We don't have knockdown, drag out fights, but we got some discussions in the parking lot. Oh, well. And sometimes I think that's not good. And other times I think, but those people care. They may be on the opposite side of the issue that I am, and so they're wrong because they're on the opposite side, but they care. And I appreciate that commitment and that passion. Now, we're coming to the end of a year, calendar year. Maybe it's no big deal. We'll put a new calendar up so if we remember to write 2019 on our checks. And no, we don't use checks anymore. But anyway. We look forward to the new year. So let's ask ourselves, 
is good shepherd, whatever your relationship is with this congregation, is good shepherd Lutheran spiritually healthy? Yes? Okay. Are you a spiritually healthy member of this body? Because that's what Paul calls us there, the body of Christ. Spiritually healthy, with love and generosity and compassion, caring enough to get involved, caring enough to listen, caring enough to help. Hmm. How are we doing? Are we doing our Father's business in terms of involvement in this congregation? Hmm. We are called to be a vital center for bringing God's love to our neighborhoods and communities. How do we do that? This place, these people, us? Being a place that is known for loving God and for loving people? Is there something different or more that we can do to help that become even more obvious? See, I'm retired, so I don't have to think about that stuff, but, or do I? Because I'm part of this body, as you are. Called to love others in the name of Jesus. Because we love him and because he loves us. Isn't that the Father's business? Helping others know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What I need into the new year is not more fear and not more trepidation and not more apprehension and not more stress. I got enough stress trying to figure out how to get out of bed in the morning and land on my feet. What I need to know over and over again is that Jesus Christ loves me, that he holds me close, that he's going to take me to heaven. And in the meantime, he's going to give me what I need. Power, strength, compassion, patience, acceptance, forgiveness, all this stuff that Paul talks about. He's going to provide so that I can live as his child. So that you can live as his child. Isn't that good news? Yeah. That you and I are the children of God? called to be about our Father's business, following Him because He loves us, and we love Him, and we love His people. That's good news. Happy New Year. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.